Jeremiah 17, and we'll read together verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in a desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. In coming to the scriptures today, we are again confronted with the fundamental fact that it is not the words or thoughts of men that we are considering but that these are the words of God, that the mind of God has been revealed to us in Scripture. And we see this in the very first verse that we read together, verse 5, thus says the Lord. God is revealing himself to us as the one who is speaking. I would say that there's little point in going on in the passage unless we recognize this essential thing, that we do not have man's thoughts laid out for us today, that we're not being asked to simply consider new information or to reason something out according to our own intellect. Scripture doesn't present us with things that are merely to be known. Scripture reveals truths to us to be believed and obeyed based on the authority of God. The philosopher, the rationalist, the evidentialist, the one who starts with himself and his own ability to reason, the one who cannot accept or believe things unless it's fully apprehended by his own mind, is silenced by these words. Thus says the Lord. Scripture does not present things that are contrary to human reason. In coming to the word of God, we're not asked to believe things that are irrational. Rather, Scripture presents truths, it reveals truths that are above human reason. It discloses things which our mind can never attain on our own. And here we're asked to believe things based upon the authority of God. So the first thing that Scripture asks us here is this. Will we submit to the authority of God as the ground and the basis of our faith? Will we receive the word of God for what it really is and let it perform its work in us? Thus says the Lord. Well, what does God reveal to us here today? Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. This word cursed 
is the word that the Lord speaks to Adam when he says, Cursed is the ground because of you. In sorrow you will eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles. It shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's the same word that the Lord speaks to Cain after Cain murdered his brother Abel. Now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. It's the same word we find in Deuteronomy 27 in relation to the law. Cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. Cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. The root of this word cursed is the verb execrate, and it means to loathe. To be cursed is to be loathed by God. It means toil and sorrow and death, and in the fall of man, all humanity becomes cursed by God. For just as through one man Adam sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. We trust in ourselves. We look to ourselves. We have faith in ourselves and in those around us. (laughs) Isn't this the basic mentality of the world? You know, a few weeks ago, I was at an event that was organized by our Chamber of Commerce. And I'm glad we have a Chamber of Commerce, right? It's, it's nice that businesses are working together so we can have a town that has clean sidewalks and, and parks. You know, I, I'm glad, and I'm sure you are too, that we have entrepreneurs. We should be thankful for them. But a group of businessmen and executives can no more save humanity than an oncologist can purify a man's soul from sin. Mankind cannot solve its most fundamental problem, and that is that God is righteous and we are sinful. Man is dead in his trespasses and sins, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. We're born in this world under a curse, and if we rely on our strength, we're cursed further still. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, that is, makes flesh his arm, and it says, in whose heart turns away from the Lord. We have this on the authority of God himself today. Do not look to yourself or rely on your own strength. The man who trusts in himself is one whose heart is far from God. Well, this is a great reminder we have in Scripture here today that what we do and who we are cannot be separated. When we trust in ourselves, our heart turns away from the Lord. And this is why it is so essential for us to have our minds bathed in Scripture, 
to live a life of prayer, to be full of the Spirit of God, to fight against isolationism in the Christian life. That is, that tendency to live a life in which we don't allow ourselves to be shaped, to be impacted, to be scrutinized even by other Christians. It's easy for us to drift off base when we're by ourselves, isn't it? And we have to remember that the Christian is being conformed to the image of Christ within the context of the church. Right? That's Ephesians 4. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. This tendency for self-reliance that we see here in Jeremiah, of course, hinges on pride. The proud man trusts in himself and in people like him. The proud man wants to live out his own version of Christianity, the one that doesn't include submission to other Christians. The proud man keeps his besetting sins to himself and doesn't allow other people into his life to pray for him. This is the type of man who is cursed with sin, who looks Nice on Sundays, but is a slave to sin every other day. Read verse 6. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. The man who trusts in himself is like a bush in a desolate place, in a desert He's alone. The heart of the one who trusts in mankind, who turns away from the Lord, is a lifeless desert. This man is hungry, but never satisfied. He's thirsty, but it's never quenched. We would ask, why would a man live in such a state? He's pitiful. He's weak. He's alone, as he is only there trusting in himself. And the text goes on to tell us that the answer fundamentally is because of a still greater problem in that he is blind. Life does not come to him. He doesn't experience prosperity. He doesn't see it. He cannot go out of himself. He can't stop trusting in himself or in people like him, in people he wants to be like, in the idol of humanity. And the end is that he is in utter darkness. He doesn't see. He will not see. His eyes are veiled to the gospel, in whose eyes, in whose case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see, right, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. It's like Jesus said in Luke 5, and no one after drinking old wine, wishes for new. For he says, the old is good enough. He may have even tried to reform himself, this person trusting in himself. He may have attempted to solve his own problems by incorporating a fragment of the gospel into his life in order to repair his marriage or help him overcome an addiction so that he can have his best life now in this world, so that he can go on living for himself. But self-reformation always fails. Turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, 
I just want to consider a, a couple of verses. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 36. And he, that is Jesus, was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled out, and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. Right? Men want to incorporate something of God into their life to patch themselves up. And what ends up happening? It just makes it worse. Right? Lost men are satisfied living in a desert. It's good enough. They've tasted what is in the world, and in the world they stay, not knowing, not even aware that they're spiritually destitute, that they're starving. Well, how has man ended up as he is? Romans 1 tells us that men throw away the glory of God. Men exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for the image of corruptible men. Men exchange the truth of God for a lie. Men exchange the natural functions God has given us for functions that are against nature. Man comes into this world corrupted at the fall and left to himself, he becomes more corrupt. He, he degrades. He's filling up the measure of his sins, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 2. The wages of his sin is eternal death. And this death is not like any death we even know here on earth, is it? Here we all know about physical death. We know that decay eats away a body. But you know, even that eventually has an end. It seems to kind of fade away, right? The body is put away from us, out of sight. We don't see it. We don't, we don't think of it as it is. Some of this is attempted to be softened, you know, by the cosmetics of funeral care in our day, where people think about, well, we want to preserve this body and so on. And then you realize it's not that you're trying to, get, to keep something outside of the casket, right? The problem is within. It is decaying. It is wasting away. The curse, of course, includes physical death, but more than that, it is a spiritual death. It is death of the soul. The worm does not die there, right? The fire is not quenched in this death. It does not fade away. This man here in Jeremiah 17.5, the man who is trusting in himself, lives on for all eternity in stony wastes, in a salt land. You see, there's no life there without inhabitant. God is not there. 
He's loathed of God. He's rejected of God. He's without the life of God, alone, in eternity, in hell. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. Heed this warning. Man cannot save himself. The arm of flesh fails. Self-reformation fails. The natural man does not understand the things of God. The natural man is a slave to sin. He's stuck in a pit. He cannot save himself. He needs someone stronger than himself. He needs the strong man to bind the one who has him captive. He needs Jesus Christ. You see, this word of Scripture provides a great warning for us, but it also gives a great encouragement. God exposes man's problem, and he provides the cure. God doesn't leave us where we are, does he? Read verse 5 again. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now look at verse 7. Blessed. There couldn't be a more tremendous contrast. Cursed is the man. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. This same word blessed is also seen in Genesis, before the fall. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Same word in the Hebrew, God blessed them. God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. When a man is blessed, God's favor is on him. Right? It's the antithesis of loathing. Scripture says that instead of being cursed, a man can be blessed by God. He can have favor with God. He can have life. If only he trusts in the Lord instead of looking to himself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. Trust in him at all times. Psalm 62. Have faith in God. Mark 11, that is, submit yourself to the authority of God and believe the scriptures. What do we see in Romans 4? David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. The blessing on the man. You see, the Christian... Far from being under God's curse, the Christian is under the blessing of God. God's favor is upon him. For the Christian, the grace of God is reigning. Think of that. The grace of God is reigning through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's Romans 5. Well, how can this be? How does the man born cursed by the fall, how does the man loathed of God become blessed by God? Well, the answer is by looking away from ourselves 
and looking to Jesus Christ. By the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. But now, what does scripture say? But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The curse of sin and death on a man is removed through faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ on the cross. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Psalm 32, how blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. We need God to do what we cannot do ourselves. A man's way is not in himself. We need to be freed from the penalty and power of sin. We need to be washed in the blood of Jesus. We need to have the stony heart removed and a heart of flesh put in us. We need to be forgiven. We need more than even to be pardoned. We need righteousness. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Only God can bring about these things. We need the power of God. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes. We need God to give us life. We need him to do what we cannot do ourselves. That is the first thing. A recognition that God has the power. That he is the one with the authority. The cry of our heart should be, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper knew that Christ had the power to heal him. And he looked to him. Blessed is the man who trusts In the Lord. But then in coming to Christ, we must also ultimately see that we need God Himself. It's not enough to merely seek to know something of the power of God or to get something from Him. Many people stumble there. I just need the patch from God so I can put it into myself so I can go on. The Christian is one who needs God himself. God, my exceeding joy. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ, who is our life. David in Psalm 22 says, Upon you I was cast from birth. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. Well, what is the result of trusting in the Lord? Look at verse 8. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream. This man is planted. He's established. He's rooted. He's stable. The Holy Spirit of God is in him. This man is delighting in the Lord. He's satisfied in the Lord. He has a clean heart. And a clean conscience before God. Have you ever woken up in the morning just with that sense, I'm clean. 
I am clean before God because of Jesus Christ. This man has been saved by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. From his innermost being flow rivers of living water, Jesus says. He's planted there by the, by the water. He's growing. He's alive. The cursed man is in stony wastes. The Christian is extending his roots by a stream. He's plumbing the depths of God's grace. He's diving deeper into the things of God. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Well, we read on and we see that he does not fear when the heat comes. The blessed man is trusting in the Lord. He's rooted, he's established, he's growing in the Lord. And when fiery ordeals come, he does not fear. Why? He has peace, it says. He has peace. Why? He has been reconciled with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. God has given him a peace which passes understanding which guards his heart and his mind. Strong men are melting in the fire, but like Daniel in the furnace, the Christian is standing fast. The tribulations are coming and going, but the leaves are always green, it says. He will not fear when the heat comes, verse 8, but its leaves will be green. It will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. His leaves will be green. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, Psalm 1 says, which yields fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and whatever it does prospers. David said in Psalm 52, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of the Lord. Psalm 92, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. The Christian is green. He is is alive. The Christian is not trusting in himself. It says that he is not anxious in a year of drought. He is firmly established in the Lord. The righteousness of Jesus Christ has been legally credited to him. And as as Jonathan Edwards put it, he benefits from that righteousness as though he had performed it himself. As though he had performed it himself. Moral guilt is gone the moment a man is justified. Satan loves to make the Christian feel guilty and vile regarding past sins. And I'll tell you that he has done that in my own life many times. He has tempted me to despair regarding sins I committed as a child. 
It's a common tactic of the devil. Well, don't believe him for one moment in that. All Satan wants to do is steal away your joy. There is no moral guilt for the one who has been justified. Psalm 32 says the Christian is righteous. It says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Right? That's the same psalm that says, blessed is the man whose sins have been forgiven. Right? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. It's the same psalm. It says you're righteous. God has not credited your sins to you. You have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And although faith in Christ is certainly the condition for justification, I think it's helpful to remember that our faith is not the ground of justification. The ground of justification is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is why the Christian is secure. Faith is simply looking away from ourselves and bowing to the authority of God. Charles Hodge once wrote, It is not what is within us, but, it, but what is without us. Not what we are to do, but what Christ is and has done. That is the ground of confidence and our title to eternal life. Well, finally here, in closing, we see that because of this confidence in the Lord, there is a real perseverance in the life of the true Christian. The man who trusts in the Lord does not cease to yield fruit. He is going on with the Lord. He doesn't fear. He doesn't worry. He's not anxious in the year of drought. These are all things given in the negative. He's not fearing, not worrying, not anxious. But there are positive aspects to the Christian life as well. And we've discussed some of them. Peace, righteousness, trust in God. Well, here's another, nor cease to yield fruit. Do our lives demonstrate the life of the Spirit of God within us? Are we growing up in the things of the Lord? I'll be crying out like the psalmist, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path because of my foes. Do we hunger to meet with God in a new and a real way each day? Jesus said, he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. There are only two types of people. The one who trusts in himself and is cursed by God. Or the one who trusts in the Lord and is blessed. God help us to turn away from ourselves. God help us to forsake ourselves. And trust in him. And know the life that comes from him. Amen.